Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'd like to welcome you to the program. Tonight, we begin our month-long celebration of Women's History Month. Specifically, women in the field of poetry. My special guest tonight is Delyn Lee, and she will help me kick off this month with her poetry, her presence, her way of being, and just who she is. Hello, Delyn. Hello. 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 How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well, and how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I am so glad you're with me to help me kick off this month. This is an important month, and I'm glad you're with me. Yes, I am excited. Yes, it is good. The beginning of March, Women's History, like you said. I am am thrilled to be on here with you this evening. All right. Well, let me ask you a quick question. This is a and it, you yes. have it's a, probably a huge answer. What does it mean okay. <laughs> when you think about Women's History Month? What does it mean to be a woman? Oh my goodness! What you're right. That is a, <laughs> a large answer um, that could go into that. What does it mean to be a woman? Um, one, it's, it's important. I will say that just starting off, it's very important. Um, we need women in this world. Yes. Um, now yes. I'm also of that firm belief. We don't only just need women. We also need men too. But we, we definitely need women in this world. Um, but what it means to be a woman, a lot of times when I think of that, I'm, I'm actually thinking about my mother. I'm thinking about my grandmother. I'm thinking about, um, you know, the generations of women I have come to respect so much in my family. So when I, when I think about women, I think about them. Um, I think about how I've watched them as I've grown and just the strength they've carried, um, the way they've, they've gone through trials, tribulations, and to continue to keep going, the way they've kept their faith in God and how they've passed that on to me. And so when I, when I think of what it means to be a woman, I, I absolutely think of legacy. And I know a lot of times we think about how, you know, with the man, you know, the names are passed down, like you take your father's name, right? Or if a woman gets married, she takes her husband's name, which is very important. Um, But if we also think about in the sense of women, what we pass down, there's still a legacy among women. And so uh, when I think of that, I just, I mean, there's so much that goes into it, but definitely, like I said, the strength, the poise of a woman, the beauty of women. I mean, we bring so much beauty into this world, (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I'm not saying that men aren't beautiful, but women, we're beautiful. (laughs) Um, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So much more. (laughs) I mean, we also know biologically we bring life. (laughs) Yes, now that's true. That's a big one. Um, That's a big one. (laughs) Yes, it's a huge one. So what does it mean then? Okay, we understand the concept of being a woman. What does it mean to be a woman and a writer and a poet? How does that fit into the equation? A woman, a writer, and a poet. Wow. I think it all goes hand in hand because in me being a woman, a writer, and a poet, what I write about, a lot of it is coming truly from the perspective of what I know, which is being a woman. Um, I do think that Mm. as a writer and as a poet, uh, we're able to display our strengths. So sometimes, you know, when we're in those rooms where our voice may not be heard or may not be asked of, you know, we can make it come through the penmanship. We can make it come through our 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 um, written word, our spoken word. Um, so I think um, we can display our strength just being a writer, being a poet in that way. Um, the emotions as well, you know, because when it comes to the strength I was talking about earlier with women, um, a lot of that deals with our emotions, the good ones, the bad ones, <laughs> the ones we don't want to talk yes. about, but the ones we share with one another because we connect in that way. Um, and, you know, you also being a writer, knowing writers, writing connects us. It does, whether we're doing mm. this spoken, spoken like we're speaking it, or even if we're writing it through books that we're passing along, um, it allows us to connect. So 
I think, I mean, that's just in summary. <laughs> what I was oh, that's beautiful. I like that. Um, I mean, as a it's woman, so as important. As a poet, as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, beautiful. Beautiful summation. Beautiful summation. Well, let's begin this journey in terms of your work. I know you've got a new book okay. coming out. What is the title? I do. The title is Reverence, actually. Yes, and it comes out in the fall. That is the projected time frame for the book being released. I'm staying with my wonderful publisher who I worked with with my last book, Taylor Publishing Group. They are actually out of Greensboro, North Carolina, um, a phenomenal mm. company. And so, um, yes, we're, we're estimating that it's going to come out in the fall of this year, but that will be the book. And the book um, is going to be, um, in regards to the format, similar to the one I, I, I um, published last year, uh, where it was a series of inspirational poems and devotions, this book is going to be geared towards reverencing God. And as you know, mm. the faith, walk in faith, talk in faith, believe in woman, um, Yes. And so in the book, we're literally, the poems are all about pouring out and reverencing God and who he is and, and so many different aspects, whether he's our provider, whether he's our, our sustainer, if he is our healer, you know, when we are in need of healing, if he is just the encouragement we need. And so um, that's what the poems speak to, as well as the actual daily devotions that are going to be in the book. So I'm right, excited that one's coming up <laughs> when we're talking mm-hmm. about the woman and having that strength and the emotions. Oh, you're going to see all of that in this book. <laughs> all right. Delin Lee, we have a yes. caller, Delin. Someone wants to speak already? with you. Already? Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes, already. Okay. <laughs> you're very popular. Let's bring this person on. That's so Eric Eric 301. The first three letters of 573, you're on the air with Delay. Good evening. Hello? Well, maybe they're just here to listen, Delay, and that's fantastic, too. Okay. That's fine. All right. All right. And maybe a question will come up soon. (laughs) Yes. Well, let's begin, Delay. Share with us some of your work, and I'm so ready to hear your work. Wonderful. I am actually, so I'm going to actually start off, this is more so of a a spoken word piece almost, um, you would say, more so than one that I would probably publish in my book. But this is one, um, and I actually shared this um, a couple of weeks ago. uh, at a different platform dealing with um, dealing with love and being in a woman as well. And so I wanted to bring this here on this platform as well because it is literally talking about God's love for a woman and more specifically mm. myself as a woman, so God's love literally for me. And so I use the pronouns I and my on purpose because this is literally this conversation God is having with me. And so I do hope as, as those who are listening, as they hear it, that they also too feel, you know, God's love towards them. And, and even though you may not necessarily relate to every single piece of it, I do feel like you can plug in your own personal pieces because God is a personal God. He knows us individually. But this piece is actually called a creator's love. And like I said, this is God's love towards woman. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start with this piece, A Creator's Love by Delenn Lee. Beautiful woman, can't you see how I took my time and created you? Not for waste or without reason, but for the very purpose of I need you. From the color and curl of your hair to the shape of your thighs up to your eyes. You are my perfect masterpiece, loving every piece of you I see. Hear me loud and know I am proud to see you strut across this earth, internally woven and built spirit strong. You shine bright as a beacon of my light. Let me love you and bestow my goodness on you. Don't take my time, my detail, my every thought of you for granted. Because you see, I only have one of you. Yes, just one, no one else like you. Let the world see what I have done. 
daily shaping you in my master plan. This is only one phase, one staircase high. There is so much more I have planned for you. It was no accident how I orchestrated creation. Every aspect was for a reason majestically aligned. Love me back, returning with praise, for my greatest creation is truly woman and mankind. That's why I asked, beautiful woman, can you see? My longing is for you to long for me too. Patiently waiting a look or a spoken word, for you are who my eyes stay rested upon. Never forget, beautiful woman, when you see, remember I took my time and created you. Not for waste or without reason, but for the very purpose of I need you. And that's the end of that piece. Wow. Oh, oh, oh I need you. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. As you think about the the mood of that poem, what would you say the mood is? Mm-hmm. What is the mood of that poem? Oh my piece, you think? The mood, I would have to say, uh, encouragement was the first word that came to my mind. It, it just encouraged Okay, okay. Um, because I think a, a, lot, a lot of times, um, even women too, we can find ourselves when we're dealing with low self-esteem, we're dealing with doubting ourselves, we're dealing with second-guessing, you know, how we look, how we are. Um, I'm not going to go into, you know, social media and the images that are portrayed all around us, but, you know, that, that definitely creates a, a impression on us. And, and I think even in this, the mood I really wanted to come through is just the fact that you've got to remember, and I'm saying this to myself as well as to other women, you've got to remember you're created for a purpose. And guess what? You were created uniquely as you are. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, there truly is no one else on this earth like you. You know, I've had people say, oh, you look like such and such. You know, they'll, they'll say that to us, but at the end of the day, I'm still me and they're still them, right? right. And so right. that's kind of the mood that comes across is like a, you're unique, and because you're unique, love yourself for that, right? It, 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 it's great. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the world beautiful is that we're all unique. You know, we don't mm-hmm. want a world where everybody's cookie cutter. That's not fun. That's not, right. that's boring. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. We want the uniqueness mm-hmm. of everything. And so um, that's kind of the mood that I, I want to come across in this, but just the encouragement and just the, you know what, I'm going to pat myself on the back. You know, I'm going to have that yes. confidence today because um, we need that. We all do. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. I like that so much. And one other thing, your voice is so powerful. Please speak up just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I want everybody in the world and people around the world are listening. I want them to be able to hear you. All right? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Speak loud. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean scream, but just speak up just a little bit. (laughs) You know I'm a mom pop operation. (laughs) Nope, you're fine. I don't have a lot of technical skills to do it myself, so. (laughs) All right. You are doing wonderful. Please share another of your works. All right. Okay. All right, let's see here. Okay, so I think the one I'm going to go with, let's see here. I'm going to do still. Yes, I'm going to do still. All right. Um, This is one you'll actually find in my new work that will come out later this year, um, this poem here. But it's called Still. Um, And I guess I'll I'll read it, and then I guess if we talk about it afterwards. Okay? Yes. Um, Now, as I read this one, um, this is more so a poem that you'll see a lot of it as it's written, kind of the artistry behind the poem, but I'm going to kind of mm-hmm. say it so that it's also heard, even though you can't visually see it. But it's called Still, right. and as you know, it's by, by me, by Delin Lee. The stillness of life, of love, of destiny, blank yet full of hope. Peace, joy, unspeakable, and this I wait, lingering day by day, not in hopelessness, but in hopefulness to see 
the fullness of my life, your plan. The stillness, though appearing dark, lonely, avoiding, is bold, colorful, newness it brings. Fear is non-existent. Every present hope surrounds, emerges, engulfs. The depth of this stillness, oceans deep, valleys low, in contrast, and the best place I can be is standing in it so all around is unmovable. Nature comes to settle, and the only thing felt is the breath within my lungs. And that's the end of that piece. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to say wow all night because I really like your work. I really, really do. <laughs> I Thank really you. do. <laughs> you know, as you think about the message in that particular poem, what? Tell me more about the message. What's the message? So the message behind this poem is really one: embracing the stillness. And I will be completely mm-hmm. transparent with you and the audience. Um, this is not my favorite place to be. Um, mm. I do a lot. I stay busy. So for me to be still is very difficult. And if my family's listening, they're probably shaking their heads yes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's in the stillness that so much happens. Um, and so with, with this poem, it's it's me thinking and reflecting on, okay, what what is the good that comes from the stillness? What's what's the, the, the benefits? What's the what's happening in the stillness? Why is this required? Um, you know, because um, as you all know, like I said, faith believing woman here, um, the Bible talks about stillness. You know, stillness it's a blessing to be in, in that stillness. And so um that's that's really the root of, of this poem and it's just reminding me, you know, it's okay. Stillness is, is good mm. for you. Actually, your body mm-hmm. is probably happy that you're still, Delenn. That's, right. <laughs> you know, kind of right. like those reminders. Um, mm-hmm. And also, too, if you heard some of the different lines in this poem, um, mm-hmm. I, I did talk about what it feels like in the stillness. It's not always, you know, hope, joy, and peace that comes from it, but also it can feel dark. It can feel lonely. It can feel avoiding. Um you know, and so I, I put that in the poem as well because those are all of the feelings that come from when you're in those those moments of stillness. Mm. You know, you've already answered the question that I plan to ask, and that question oh. was, <laughs> you did a great job. Has a poem ever, ever humbled or frightened you? Oh, ooh, humbled or frightened me? Yes, absolutely. I, I will say. I'm not going to say every poem, but a lot of them do. And the reason I say that, and other writers can probably attest to this too, is because at the end of the day, you're you're putting your heart out there. You're putting your your mind. You're putting your inner thoughts. You're putting your feelings. All of that is being put onto paper. And and if we decide to print it, like publish it in books, or if we decide to use spoken words, we're then therefore letting it out. Um, so absolutely, um, a lot of times writing will humble me because I'll read, I'll go back to it and I'll read and I'm like, oh, okay, um, this is when I was upset. I remember when I wrote this <laughs> or I'll say, mm-hmm. oh, this is when I was at a low period in life. You know, you kind of, um, whenever you go back to some poems, you'll go back and you'll think, okay, I remember what I was going through at this point in my life. Um, there are other poems that I have written where it's, specific to um, like a topic or for like a publication or something, you know, those are a little bit different. Uh, But majority of my writing, they do humble me. Um, The ones that frighten me, I will be honest, once again, I believe in being transparent. The ones that frighten me, you probably will never see. (laughs) You probably will never hear. It's just more so let me vent, let me get it out because I am a writer. It is one of my platforms that I use to relieve that stress and, and I'll do that. And those poems, I just throw away. Right. <laughs> you probably won't see those. <laughs> I have some like that myself. I must be honest and exactly. transparent, too. I'm, I'm pretty right. sure we all do. 
<laughs> yes. We well, let's all take a do. Brief break. And you know what? I think it's let's okay. Take a deep, uh, Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> I can tell you're enjoying yourself, but I'm enjoying you too. <laughs> Good. We'll be, we'll be right back, good people. All right. Wanted me to um, write the poem 
four. She wanted transitions within her album. And I actually wrote the poem before I even heard the songs. <laughs> mm, all right. God wow. brought all of that together because when she read it, she's like, exactly, this is perfect. And I, I hadn't even heard the songs yet. Um, but the reason I did pull one of these, there's two of them that I do on her album. But the reason I pulled this one, um, and you'll notice the theme kind of tonight. I know we're, we're talking about women history Um You'll see this theme dealing with almost like valleys or just encouragement, picking yourself up, keeping yourself up. Um, And this poem is called In the Valley. Um, And the reason I'm bringing this now for March and for women's history is because, like I said, it goes back to what I think is very important for women is that you keep yourself encouraged through everything that we're going through because there are highs and lows in life, as we know. Um, yeah. And every week, even every week may not be <laughs> always high. There are sometimes we will be in a valley. So I do come back to this poem, and this is one that I do hope stays for histories to come. If people, whether they listen to that album or even if they, you know, read this in a text or something like that, if they find it on Apple Music, wherever, um, mm-hmm. you know, that they see it throughout history and they're encouraged by it. But it's called In the Valley, okay? Um, and I'll go ahead and read it, and then if we have questions or want to talk about it, we can talk about yes. it more. All right? Okay. This is In the Valley, once again, by myself, Dylan Lee. It's in the valley we dread and fear. Misunderstanding the lowly fields, looking out into the distance, desiring to reach the mountain we cannot see. It's in the valley when... Every memory is built upon another, dealing with the anguish of wandering, pondering, when, where, how, and most importantly, why. It's in the valley where I learn that God is there too, that each moment is where I must rest, drawing strength from his purpose and plan. It's in the valley I long for God to show himself mighty, to deliver me from all pain, depression, and despair, yet realizing I must rest here because he has me here for a reason. Now, I know it's in the valley that I feel God when every care and weight dissipates and I'm embraced in his arms, any worry is destroyed, any doubt is silenced, any fear becomes fearless. It's in this moment that I feel freedom, when every stifled breath is released, chains from brokenness shattered, ropes of guilt unraveled, locks of regret unlocked, it's in the valley I find his reassurance, when all the prayers prayed become visible, appearing before my eyes as mirrors like he knew they were there all along and all along he was there. It's in the valley when he smiles warmly as he sees. I finally understand. I finally see his plan. I finally see why this happened in that way, how my mistakes turned into masterpieces. Bitterness was blocked so I could be a witness. It's in the valley when I realize he never stopped loving me from my waking day and beyond my dying day. He loves me by the moment, and I'll never stop loving him, too. I thank him for the valley, for it's in the valley I am built for the mountaintop. And that's the end of Mm. that piece. Wow. I am built for the mountaintop. That in itself is (laughs) profound. That is profound. Yes. You know, word choice. Word choice is so important. And in terms of developing the tone of the poem, talk about the words that you use. What did you – tell me about the words. Yes. Um, So I I actually – the line you pointed out was my favorite line. (laughs) The last line, literally, it's like, in the valley, I am built for the mountaintop. It basically – I'll start with that line because, like I said, it's my favorite, and it was the one that you pointed out. Um, And that's solely – the reason I made that the last line in those words is because it literally sums up and says, this is why we go through valleys. We go through valleys so that we get to mountaintops. And a lot of times we think, oh, we can just – 
make it to a mountaintop or fly to a mountaintop, right? No, we got to get to a valley to get up to a mountaintop. Even if you look at creation, when you're outside, if you're a hiker, I, I hike, you know, you're out there, you know, you have to start on low plains, valleys, in order to actually go up to get to a higher peak, right? Um, and so that, that's the word choice there. And then if we go back through the poem itself, um, you'll see where I, I kind of do a, a play on words in some of these stanzas. Um, one of the stanzas um, where I said, like, chains from brokenness are shattered, right? Chains, what do we want to do? We want to break them. Anything holding us back, anything feeling like it's suffocating us, we, we want those shattered, we want those broken. Ropes of guilt unraveled. Sometimes uh, because of decisions we make in life, we are so entangled by guilt that we literally need the very things that we're entangled by to be unraveled, to be undone. Same thing, lots mm-hmm. of regret unlocked. Some people are so caught up um, feeling like they're, they're, once again, suffocating by regret, things they, should, they felt like they should have done they didn't do, and now it's too late or the opportunity has passed, the door has shut, something like that. But even in that, you know, keeping your faith in God, those things, you know, we can have those things unlocked. Um, so that's just a little bit more of the words there. Um, also, you'll see how, once again, going back to spirituality, my faith, you know, God, all of this leads to the fact that this is a part of his plan. You know, we may not understand it. I think I said it in the second stanza. Um, when we're in the valley, a lot of times we're wondering, we're trying to figure out why is this happening to me? You know, what am I supposed to do next? Where should I go? When mm-hmm. should I go? How do I do it? You know, all these questions, questions, questions. So that's why you see those words in there, too, because I want that to stick out when people are reading or listening to it. Um, what else? What are the words we have in here? Um, <laughs> let's see. Sorry, I was just humming there for a second. I got I was in my own world. All right, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're answering my questions. Because <laughs> this is not on the list of questions that I sent out. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, I don't know what questions he has tonight, but that's okay. We're gonna get to <laughs> This is where the Lord is leading me. This is where the Lord is leading me. All right. All right. That's fine with me. You know how I am. That is fine with me. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, so with the, and like I said, the other, like I said, the other words that you'll see in here are, it's very similar to, like I said, everything, because I've been in valleys. Oh, my goodness. Been in, I'm going through one now. But, um, but yes. you know, um, and this piece was actually written last year. This piece was definitely written last year. And so, um what I wanted to, in all the words, I wanted to speak to the truth of how it feels, you know, and once again, just put it out there because, um, you know, other people who have actually bought the CD, who have actually listened to this and read it, they, they talk about it, you know, how it, it resonates with them because they can see how it feels, you know, where, you know, some of these lines that have any worry is destroyed, any doubt is silenced, right? We don't want worry. Mm-hmm. Worry is stressful. So we want that destroyed, right? Doubt a lot of times we're doubtful in our minds, right? A lot of times we're doubtful in what we say. We want that silence, right? Fear becomes fearless. Let's take away the fear. Um, so that's kind of the word choice that you see throughout this poem. And, yes, um, <laughs> the other piece that's on the CD is actually called Mountain Top. So then the other poem I did on that CD, I actually did talk from the perspective of being on the mountain. So this was the piece mm. of being in the valley, and then I did one on the mountaintop, yes. So. Well, do you have that one with you? I do. Give me a second. I can get it. All right. <laughs> we'll take a little break, and we'll be right back. All right. <laughs> button that is not the music I plan to play. <laughs> but it is I like it, it is. though. All right. <laughs> 
I'm having so much fun. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight. All right. <laughs> did you find the poem? Yes. I did. Yes. Yes, I did. I usually have things nearby, you know. <laughs> right, right. Fantastic. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay, you want me to go ahead and go into this one? Yes, I love it. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so yes, this is called Mountaintop. And like I said, it's on the same CD. So anyone who wants the audio behind it, they by all means can download or, or purchase that CD. It's called Transparency. Um, so the first piece, I, um, just in case someone's just joining, perhaps, um, was in the valley that I just read. And so this is Mountaintop. So this is, um, once we've left the valley, we're now, now on the mountaintop. Um, so I'll go ahead and read it. It's called Mountaintop by myself, Dylan Lee. The mountaintop is where I fought to reach. Climbing up from the valley, plowing through trenches of pain, unrest, heartache, setback after setback, here is where my soul longs to get to, where I can simply be with you, surrounded in your presence. Daily praying and pondering, Lord, am I on your path? Is this right? Is it my time? Are you coming center stage through my life? The mountaintop is where I let go. Every weight, chain, and brace is shaken off as his strength lifts me higher. The mountaintop is where he called me, knowing it's the place he prepared for me. The mountaintop is where I meet with him, devoting my attention, my breath, my all. The mountaintop is where I see his glorious splendor, a view he sees forever and only some achieve. The mountaintop is where freedom dwells, when all is forgiven and elevation begins. I didn't expect it to look like this, but I praise you for what my eyes behold. You are truth, for this is exceedingly above what I ask. This is the place you prepared me for, the top where limitless views cascade far and wide. I'm here, Lord, ready for your move. And that's the end of that piece. Wow. I'm just going to sit here for a second and let that soak in, all right? Just for a second. Okay. Just for a second. You know, there is an image of poets being overcome with inspiration and having to write everything out of nowhere and at once. Mm. Does this ever happen to you Mm -hmm. just to be so full that you've got to get it out of your system? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, that has happened. Um, and it's it's very interesting because I used to be a morning writer. And what I mean by that, I'm a morning person naturally. And so um, most of the time, you know, I'll write or I'll get inspiration in the morning because it goes back to that stillness, that peace that you find at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., um, you know, when everyone's still sleeping, you know. <laughs> It's only mm-hmm. a small portion that's awake at that time. So I, I used to actually write then, but for some reason, a, a shift happened over, I want to say, last past year and a half or so. And now what happens is that it's, it's at midnight. It's midnight, 1 a.m. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'll be either trying to go to sleep or I'll just wake out of my sleep, and it's just like I have to write this out. And so um, my phone is filled with a lot of poems um, because I'm not going to get up, you know, turn on the light, write this down <laughs> by pen and paper, so mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll type it. Um, but what will happen is I just I just have to get it out, and, and that happens. And uh, I will say a lot of good pieces have come from that, um, just, just getting it out. And it's nothing that has inspired it or struck it. It just it happens. Um, and I, for me, I, I go back and I look at those poems, and I'm like, okay, all right. I don't know why, but, you know, this is good. Thank you, God. <laughs> and I just I you know, keep and, going and with speaking it. of that, speaking of that, and I may have asked you this the last time, so indulge me. Mm-hmm. Some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, there's not much mm-hmm. you can do to correct or improve it. Or others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on that? How do you edit? Mm, okay. Um, so, trying to think. Some of my poems, I, I don't edit them. And it's not because, well, I, I just, when I go back or I read over it a few times, mm-hmm. 
I, I, I'm content. I'm like, okay, this, this is it. I, I don't see where anything needs to be shifted or changed or modified, and that poem is that poem. Um, so sometimes my poems, you know, there there is no edits that I make to them. Other poems, um, and they're kind of like my working poems, um, I will modify them. And what will happen is I will actually, the one I just read, Mountaintop, this is what I would consider version two. There was a version one of this poem. When I first started to write it, um, it was almost kind of connected to In the Valley, but then I realized, like, these should be two separate poems, and and Mm. it just ended up happening that way. And so Mountaintop, what I just read for you, does actually consider my version two of that poem. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went through an edit after going back and reading it and really thinking about, okay, what is the direction? What is the flow of this? What should it be? What what needs to change? Um, Some poems, um, and more so my longer ones, um, there's one poem, it's the Christian for her God. Not, I don't think I've shared, I have not shared that one with you, but that poem is like seven pages. That's a, that's one of my longest poems. <laughs> wow. That's and a poem. Worry, I did not publish, <laughs> I didn't publish that poem. That's a lot of text. <laughs> but that poem went through about four or five revisions. And I, when I originally wrote that poem, it was in college. Um, I was at George Mason University, and I English major, also my concentration with poetry. That was a poem I, I wrote then. And I ended up revising it after I graduated from George Mason, and I went into my master's, and I was doing a spoken word one evening, and that poem came back to my memory. And so I went back through it, and I was like, okay, hold on. I need to modify this. One thing, it was too long for what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I got to change this. I got to shorten it. I got to modify it. So that's how I went about editing it. But I do believe poems should be edited, just like any Mm. type of writing, right? I mean, if you're writing Mm. a novel, I'm pretty sure it probably goes to an editor. And you probably, before you send it to that editor, probably edit things, right? So why wouldn't a poem? Why and you know it's just a different form, a different genre of writing. Why why wouldn't that need to be edited? So I'm I'm all for editing poetry because <laughs> I do it with this. All right, I like it. I like it. I also it. think it's you know considered. I think it's something we should, we all should be open to. Um, but as a writer, I will say this: you know when your poem is complete. I, I do believe that. You know when it's like you're satisfied, you're content with it. You're like okay. This is it. And then you also, I do feel like you know, it's like, huh, something's not quite right. I don't know if it's this one line, if it's this whole stanza. Like, you know kind of what it should be. I do believe that. All right. You know, it's funny. When you think about the speaker in a poem, the speaker Mm -hmm. is primarily the voice in the poem. And it's not Mm -hmm. always necessarily the poet. Who's the speaker Mm. in most of your poems? Is it primarily you speaking to an audience? So most of the time it is me. Um uh, me speaking. Okay. <laughs> so All right. Me speaking, um, like me encouraging wanting to encourage someone else. So basically it's as if if I was gonna say this to me, what would I say? Or if I'm thinking about my, you know, a close relative or a loved one or a friend, what would I say to them? Now, I will say this, though. The other thing, too, is a lot of my poems is also God speaking to me, right? So I'm not the one necessarily speaking. It's him speaking to me. Um, And so, and I think that that's where Creator's Love, the one I started off with tonight, that's one where God is speaking to me um, versus, like I said, me speaking out to somebody else. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's typically how my poems um, how my poems are. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to run through them to think if there's any other. Sometimes I will, you know, just be in a creative mind, you know, try to, you know, play with certain things. Like I'll do it from like a different perspective, one that I can't relate to, you know, just, just for exercise, yes. you know, um, yes. to hone in on my craft. Um, but like I said, majority of mine are going to be from those two narrative stances. Please share another. Okay, that's a good question, too. I was just thinking about that. That's a really good question. <laughs> All right. Um, let me ask you this real quick. How much time? Yes. Do I have time for two more or one more? You've you got me. time for as many as you like. It's 844, oh so you got a lot of time. Oh, my goodness, don't say that. 
Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well. A We're doing really good. Show. A never yes. ending show. <laughs> um, okay. I think, oh, I keep going back between these two. All right. I know I'm at least going to get through these two. Okay, we'll do this one. This one is um, this is not this is not a spoken word piece. This one is called faithfulness. Um, this is a a written one, and uh, I know I mentioned it when I was talking about um, what women's history is to me, and I was talking about my mother, my grandmothers, my aunts. You know, so many women. Um, and one thing that has been passed along to me and my family is is their faith. Definitely their faith. And I, I thank them for instilling that in me at a young age. Um, yes, I still had to go through different things, but, <laughs> you know, they instilled it mm-hmm. at a young age, and then by the time I got it, um, it was there. Um, but this poem is, is, is faithfulness. Um, and, yes, so once again, like I said, this is not a spoken word piece, so I'm going to read it, like I said, as if you were to see it written. All right, faithfulness. Faithfully waiting for the time when you call, ready in seconds, listening for your call. Faith-filled, expecting you to deliver as promised, a path overtaken in greatness, not disappointing. Faith-fueled living, energy bursting to live, used mightily by you, for solely your glory. Faith assured blessing, resting in the satisfaction of pleasing, hearing you say, well done, my child. And that's the end of that piece. It's a shorter piece. Wow. Yes. Imagery, as we know, is so important. We know that. We know it. Yes. And in terms of the five senses, what do you see, taste, smell, hear, and feel? What, in terms of these five senses, where are you headed with your poetry? I'm thinking that you want people to feel it. To me, I do. Maybe you somehow want I them in a, in a figurative way to smell it. To, I know you want them to hear it, but to me, feeling is so important, and that's what your work yes. does for me. Good, good. Yes, I do. I want you to feel it. Um, I want to feel it. <laughs> I want, I want, I want move. I want reaction, and not necessarily. I'm talking about clapping and applause, but I want that. Like, hmm, what is? I, and I'm okay with the feeling of what is she talking about? This 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 woman keeps talking about faith in God. You know, and I'm talking about people who don't believe. You know, like this woman keeps talking about faith in God. Why? Why, why is she so passionate? Why, why does her voice elevate when she talks about it? You know, that to me mm. is movement. I, I want that to happen. And then, you know, for those who, you know, have the same faith, you know, in God, I want them to be like, okay, Lord, I needed to hear that. Or, okay, you know, I, I can go the next day. You know, I, I want that movement. So, yes, feeling in regards to the senses, absolutely. Um, sometimes, um I will definitely create imagery across all of, you know, within the poem. I'll do all of the imagery where I want you to to imagine it, taste it. I want you to <laughs> smell something, mm-hmm. too. Um, when mm-hmm. I talk about, I know in my book that came out last year, Lift Up, um, you know, um, I, I want people when they talk, when they read the different pages, I wanted them to reflect back on, like, homegrown cooking, southernness, you know. <laughs> Those are a yes. part of me. And all of that comes through, and I think it should come through um, as a poet, the same way as if someone who was from the city, you know, I think in in those writings you should also talk about that because people can relate to that. Wow. (laughs) Oh, you're answering my (laughs) questions tonight. (laughs) You are answering my questions tonight. (laughs) I'm I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Share another piece. Share another piece of poetry. Okay. All right. This piece I did say towards because I I wanted to do this kind of at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. And this piece, I know, like I said, our, our topic, our focus, this this. Um, session and this month is women's history and this this poem is called this is me um, and 
And Alaska, <laughs> this is a spoken word piece, okay? I do like to say that, and the reason I say that, um, just for listeners, if they're wondering why I keep saying spoken word versus a written piece, is because my poetry, I, I there are certain poems that, for me, they are written to be spoken aloud. So they're written to be yes. done in spoken word format. There are other poems that, and these are the ones you'll see more so in my books, um, and you see how I'm speaking that right, books. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, they're more so what you're going to see in text because they're meant to be read. Um, and so that that's why I say that, just for the listeners, if they're wondering why I keep doing that. Um, I know you know that as a writer. <laughs> yes. Um, but this is called This Is Me. And like I said, this is this is like a, a mantra for me, just like if I get to stand on my soapbox as a woman, this is what I'm saying to everybody. Um, All right. I, I'm saying this, um, and as you hear, I hope you laugh in this poem. I hope you smile. I hope you nod. Um, and the reason I say that is because when I wrote this poem, I literally was just um, – Pouring out the years of comments and different things people have said to me, um, it is, I did write this last month in February, so it is more so pinpointing to uh, black history in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just the different things that um, people assume because of certain races, um, or even too, like I said, because you're a woman. And these are just different things people have said to me in my professional life as well as my personal and community life. And so, like I said, I'm going to just read it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. But this is called This Is Me. I'm black, not Hispanic or Puerto Rican. I'm not a tan Caucasian or mixed black and white. Nothing is wrong with these races each one distinctly beautiful in their own light, but I'm black with 112th Indian, and I love my ancestors for that drop. Yes, I'm educated, not because people think I'm Caucasian or rich or because I stayed in the house off of the street. Nothing is wrong with being mistaken as Caucasian, rich, or staying in the house. Each detail is delightful for anyone who relates, but I'm educated. Having earned two degrees, almost three, to achieve my doctorate, I studied, sacrificed, and fell in love with learning. Yes, I speak eloquently, not because I'm stuck up or think I'm better than you. Nothing is wrong with thinking you're better. If that's you, then do you. But I speak eloquently thankful to be chosen by God for his purpose, so I boldly speak with my confidence in him. Yes, I'm talented, not because I played sports or dropped bars. Nothing is wrong with professional athletes. I've cheered for some of the greats, especially those we, we call the GOATs. But I'm talented because I'm gifted by God to write beyond blank pages, touching hearts and guiding souls to Christ. Yes, I eat soul food, not because I'm black or because my family was poor. Nothing is wrong with fried chicken, collard greens, and for those who eat them, titlins. But I eat soul food because I love starches and butter, the very heart of this exquisite cuisine. Yes, I have a new hairstyle every time you see me, not because I can't manage my hair, or because I don't know my identity. Nothing is wrong with struggling with hair management or wanting to look like others and fit in. But I have a new hairstyle every time you see me because I love changing my hair. I love taking care of it, and I'm proud of how healthy my God-given crown of glory is. Yes, I have a big family. Not because we like having a lot of babies or because every black family does, Nothing is wrong with being fertile. It's a blessing. Or that many black families are large. It's a blessing, too. But I have a big family because my grandmothers were strong black women who bore my uncles and aunts, teaching them to take care of the family land, yes, that we own, and our home, and that family is a blessing. Yes, I am me. 
not because someone told me or because I read an inspirational post on Facebook today. Nothing is wrong with encouraging others. And for those who post, keep posting. It's helping someone. But I am me because that's who God made me to be. From my black skin tone to the beauty marks across my face, from my intelligence and strength given by God to articulate my speech and utilize my unique abilities, I am me. And there is no one like me and no one like you. I am me, and it's a great one to be. And that's the end of that piece. Wow. That sounds like someone who has found her authentic self. That's what it meant to me. (laughs) Absolutely. It was transparent. It was clear. Yes. It was authentic. And and, and I like that so much. You know, we're at the end of the road here. I know. And it's kind of, it's <laughs> the end of the road. I, I am glad. I'm glad I ended with that piece. <laughs> yes. What piece of advice would you give to your readers? Oh, my goodness. To my readers. Oh, I would say. Mm, be open. Be open to listening, be open to learning, be open to receiving. Um, I think a lot of times when I'm speaking to to myself, because I used to do this a lot, and prayerfully I I don't find myself doing that now, but um, I guess being in my own mindset of thinking what I know and knowing everything. You know, we say that a lot about younger, younger children, like they act like they know everything, you know, kind of having that mindset. But I, I would say to my readers, you know, stay open, open to, to listening, to hearing, to, to being moved. Stay open to learning something. I'm still learning. I love to learn. That was in that poem. I love to learn. I literally fell in love with learning. Um, mm. And so I'm, I'm constantly seeking to learn. I'm constant, I love, you know, being able to be around other poets, too, because I learn from them. You know, I learn the yes. different styles. You know, mm-hmm. um, same thing with authors. I, I love, and there's so many books. That, look at the libraries. There are so many books. You know, one author didn't write all those books. There's thousands of authors. We're all out there. And so um, I would say to my readers, you know, stay open. Keep, it, keep an open mind. Receive what you can receive. Um, for those who are reading and um, you don't have a relationship with Christ. I, I always put that in my books. You will see that in every one of my books. I will, I will definitely do that where I talk about that because to me it is the core. It is so crucial. Mm-hmm. It's so centered. Um, but I, I don't turn away readers, too, who don't have that relationship because if you don't, that's okay. I still want you to read it because I still feel like, especially like the book that came out last year, Lift Up, the inspirational poems mm-hmm. and devotions. That, regardless, even if you don't have, you know, faith in Christ, or you have faith in God, you still can be encouraged to make it through your week, to make it through this day. Um, you know, the very first um, devotion in that book was about when I, I lost my grandmother. You know, and many mm-hmm. can relate to that—the passing of a loved one. You know, and so um, the one that's coming out this year, um, the book Reverence. Um, even with that, like I said, that one is definitely going to be. For those that I hope, you know, we're going to different levels. We're going up. Um, um, and so that that's what I would say to my readers. It's All good. right. Very nice. Yeah, stay open. Where can listeners find your work? Where can they find the book that you lift up? Where can they find your work? Yes. Yeah, so Lift Up is on Amazon. Yes, Lift Up is on Amazon already. Um, they can also find me on social media. So if you're on Facebook, you can find me at Delyn Lee. Um, as you saw in the promotionals, how that spelling is, D-E-E-L-Y-N-N and L-E-I-G-H. So they can find me on Facebook there. If you're on Instagram or other social media platforms, um, my, my name is D Poetic Lee. Um, so you can find me on there. But like I said, if you find me on Facebook first, don't worry. It also direct you over to Instagram too. <laughs> All right, the next very book nice. That comes out. It is. It is also going to be on Amazon too, um, as well. So it can be purchased there. And then if you want an autograph copy, directly um, mm-hmm. message me. So contact me through social media. I'll definitely get that to you, and I'll autograph it before I send it out. Very nice. One last thing, I'm going to ask you. Then I'm going to let you go. What surprised okay. you about You're tonight? Fine. What's the what surprised you about tonight? Anything? 
Oh, my. What surprised me? Your question surprised me, um, <laughs> definitely, because I'm a planner. Um, but your question surprised me, but I also think that that's what allowed me to be transparent like I like to be. Um, yes. And the other yes. thing is um, I don't think I realized some of the poems, I don't think I was meaning to share them. I had them with me, but I don't think I was meaning to share them. So that, that was kind of surprising. Um, and then also, too, the callers that called in but didn't say anything, that surprised me that there mm-hmm. were so many calling in, even though they didn't have yes. anything to say, they still called in. Yes. <laughs> well, you are incredible to me. And when your oh, book comes you. out, Praise I God. want you to come back and share your work okay. again. You have an open okay. invitation to be on my show anytime you like. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. I just want to thank you. You're a blessing, and uh, the world needs to know that. And I'm going to share with our listening audience that the program is over now, but we'll be back <laughs> next Monday with another program. And to all of you, as I share every week, let poetry ring. Good night, everybody. Mm. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.